Welcome to Fashion at Central St. Martins, a podcast series bringing you stories from the fashion programme of our world-renowned college, which is part of University of the Arts London. Among the voices on this podcast are alumni such as milliner Stephen Jones, designer Mary Catran Sue, photographer Campbell Addy, and editor Joanna Liu, a varied range of acclaimed fashion creatives whose talent was nurtured by the college. Designers, educators, Writers and photographers share their memories and insights, reflecting on how Central St. Martins has provided them with the skills and the courage to interrogate, challenge, and reshape the world of fashion as we know it today. Episode one, our global community. In this episode, we speak to Fabio Pires, Esme Young, Mary Katranzu, Danielle W. Fletcher, Joanna Liu, Campbell Addy, Dimitra Petta, and Ulubi Thomas. Reflecting on the international acclaim of Central St. Martins, they consider the fashion industry's global community and the importance of diversity and cultural difference. MA Fashion's course director, Fabio Perez, recounts his own admiration for London's unique fashion scene. As an alumni of Central St. Martins, he departed his hometown in Italy to pursue his dreams of fashion design. He celebrates the variety of stories and histories that the diverse student body brings to the Art and Design College. Because it is a very special community, Central St. Martins is a special community. And, and that, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, you can perceive it. It's something that, you know, I mean, I came from abroad with this idea. So, you know, I mean, uh, you would open at the time uh, the face, you know, I would queue or because I mean, well, in the, in the city where I lived, you couldn't really um, buy the face magazine at the time. So there was just this retailer, this news agent that had four issues of the face. So literally you had to queue because he wouldn't sort of book them for you or whatever. You had to subscribe, but then I couldn't subscribe, you know, you couldn't, uh, whatever, you couldn't afford it or whatever. Anyway, but uh, maybe I, I even like the idea of queuing to get there. Um, but then the moment you opened it, then there was this emerging designers, there was this London scene at the time, and today is exactly the same. Maybe you don't open a magazine, but you perceive there's a scene in London and you want to be part of it. You know, there's something, there's something very, very attractive about the London fashion scene. I think, you know, I mean, like, um, I think, for instance, like the British Fashion Council, for instance, uh, has been supporting that, that scene for a long time. And that is a rarity. I don't think that that can be said from uh, Champs Syndicale or the, the Italian Fashion Council, the New Yorker. Um, the New York one, maybe they've tried, but I mean, I think that this kind of like constant renewal of young talent in London is extremely attractive and hasn't been imitated, I think, hasn't been even replicated somewhere else. I mean, you know, I say imitated because actually they haven't even attempted to imitate it. It's actually really sad. I think that what uh, any student coming from abroad, coming to Central St. Martins, would learn from the, I mean, it's a very word of the moment, but the diversity of students at Central St. Martins, we can make it even more diverse. I mean, you know, I, I think that uh, the, uh, I think fees sometimes make, makes, make it less diverse because it doesn't, it doesn't open it easily to everyone. But it's, it still is a pretty amazing place where you have, you know, people of all sorts coming from 
all sorts of directions, all sorts of um, countries, cultures, point of views, but also experiences, stories, histories. And um, that, that's, that's, and the, this particular building also is very much a part of that because, you know, it gathers all the disciplines really and that, that's what also makes it very exciting. Esme Young, the designer, lecturer and judge on BBC's The Great British Sewing Bee, discusses the learning opportunities that Central St. Martin's International Community provides. Well, I suspect, no, no, I'm sure, that the students learn, they do, they definitely learn from each other. So if you have people from all over the world, they'll be learning new things. And I think people from different cultures bring something different to the room. And so they'll all be learning from each other and looking at different cultures and learning from that. As former students of Central St. Martins, Mary Katrenzu, a women's wear designer, and Daniel W. Fletcher, a men's wear designer, and artistic director of the iconic Italian label Fiorucci, rejoice in the opportunity to meet students from all over the world. I think it's huge, and I think it's the biggest part of, you know, studying in London. Um, you know, it, it, it was no different to studying um, in the US, probably, but it was hugely different to, you know, being um, uh, and growing up as a child in Greece up to the age of 19. You know, I think you're not exposed to this kind of melting pot of cultures. And it's extremely important when we talk about um, anyone's education, and not only in design and definitely not only in fashion. But I think this interchange that happens at St. Martin's was huge for me because I was kind of sheltered in Greece, not really exposed to different cultures, different ideas, different ways of design even you know um, so I think it influenced me uh, very positively and it was one of the reasons that I decided to stay in London because the first two years at Central St. Martins I was still still thinking of returning to RISD you know I um, I loved my course at St. Martins but equally um, I really liked um, RISD and I think the defining difference was being in London and being exposed as you said to so many different people from so many different parts of the world that you felt the energy that maybe in Providence, Rhode Island was lacking um, a little bit <laughs> compared to Cent Central St. Martins and London. So I think it's a huge part of shaping and uh, shaping you as a person at that age um, and beyond that, shaping your work. One of my favorite things about being at CSM was the mix of people. Like it's so culturally diverse and like everyone's from a different country, which I loved. Like the class, my, my class was just like a handful of British students and then some Chinese students, some Spanish students. Like it was, it was lovely actually, because you all kind of like bring something different to the table. And I personally am really heavily influenced by my own upbringing, my own culture, British heritage. Um, and to see the same thing for other people in my class who were like from Asia or from um, Eastern Europe and like their influences from their own heritage and culture coming into their collections was a really beautiful thing to see. And kind of we all were able to learn from each other in that sense um, from a design perspective, but also from uh, like a personality perspective as well like the way that like different people like to spend their social time we were kind of all together it was it was really lovely actually
Daniel W. Fletcher continues, reflecting on how privileged he felt attending Central St. Martins. I think anyone who goes to CSM should not discount the huge privilege that that is and the things that it can do for you. Um, sometimes I think to the extent that it's actually quite unfair on other people who've not been to CSM because I would say actually there were some, like people who I went to foundation with who didn't get into CSM who were possibly way more talented than other people who were in my class at CSM who have gone on to do like really great things possibly with a huge leg up because they went to CSM and I feel like I felt it like I ended up at Louis Vuitton because Louis Vuitton do a project with CSM and therefore they take loads of interns from there and then another intern from there was like my friend Daniel's at Longband da, da, da. I ended up at Longband because Lucas goes into CSM and he interviews all the menswear class and then he takes interns from there like I don't think this happens at a lot of other universities so it's a huge huge bonus and um, I, I like to think that actually the place that I've got to in my career is through all my hard work and determination and talent but I, I am aware that there is like a, a certain extent that comes from kind of the privilege of going to CSM um, but that said CSM is a really difficult school you know it's really hard to get through it and if you can get through it you've already achieved that so actually you're kind of slightly deserving of uh, some of these leg ups as well because if you've managed to survive CSM you are surely going to be a good employee because you've had to get through those four years like the process of getting into CSM is really difficult in itself so if you manage to get through that like you're you are surely deserving of your place as well the editorial director at Harper's Bazaar China Joanna Liu explains the benefits of studying at the Arts and Design College she considers the skills developed at Central St. Martins that international students bring home to China. CSM is a big name in fashion. And all the trainings you had there made you more professional and well prepared for a job in, in fashion. Um, also, all the designers you met at CSM uh, are going to, to be very helpful when you start your, your career, especially if yeah. you are going to be an editor or journalist. They help, you, they help you to have better understanding on how a designer works and how to appreciate a brand, how to understand the strategies of, of a brand. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's the vision because they are trained under this very professional way at CSM and had met all these brilliant, intelligent artists and designers here. So when they came back to China, their work, um, their work raised the standard of the industry in every way because they have seen the best things and they have been trained to, to be the best. Also, they have a, a, a more international way of thinking and communicating and understanding different cultures. So it's much, easy, much easier for them to, to keep up with what, what is happening. The photographer and filmmaker Campbell Addy discovered his chosen family at Central St. Martins. He emphasizes the importance of building an intimate community within the larger community of the fashion industry. I always use the analogy that I am 
like a child that's been raised by a village. And the village has been my chosen family and community because when I left St. Martin's, no, even when I was at St. Martin's, I had a fab, like, collective of friends. Um, Abe Kamara, Gareth Wrighton, Sam Ross, even our tutors like Hal Davis and Judith Watt, Claire, you know, Robertson. It was like a little, it was like a little hub, a little family where you can freely be yours. And it, it almost was a precursor for how my, how I wanted my working relationships to be once I left university. Because I've always wanted to feel free with my expression and having a community within the industry that allows you to do that has been very pivotal for me. Because upon leaving St. Martin's and going into the professional world, I sought that out, you know, with people like Isaac Polian and Virginie P. Moreira and Nadine Ijewera and Gabriel Carriff Johnson. Like, it's, it's mimics, it just mimics that family I had. And I think for anyone who's marginalised, whether it's racially or gender, or even just feeling like an outsider, it can really make or break you in this industry or any industry, I think, because anything can feel very isolating. That's very fast. So I think it's imperative to have your own community and family within such a big community as well, just so you can feel safe. And also just so then people know who you really are, because a lot of the time people look at your Instagram or they look at your socials or they see you at an event and it's not really you. Like, I have a lot of anxiety at places, so I'm always on edge. But when I'm chilling with my friends who happen to be in the industry, it's a very different vibe. Um, But it all started at uni. It was the first time I had a community that I didn't feel I had to switch up for or change. And I think I think that's been imperative for my career thus far. I call them my family. Like, when we do shoots together, it's family. Like, literally, I've been away for, like, two weeks. But before that, I did a shoot. And Sam Ross, who's, like, our little big sister, because he's the youngest, but he's definitely the oldest mentally. And he has his new agency called New School Represents. And we just did a whole shoot with his, like, his team and family. And it's, like, people I used to have on as models and now movement directors. So it's all, like, a little family tree. And it's just something... And, like, Gareth and Ibrahim now work together as raw materials who are signed by Sam. So it's like a little... Like, there's always a web. You know, we're always one degree of separation away from each other. And it's great because... Yes, we can't always work together. Like, I don't believe we should always work together because then the work becomes stagnant. Um, but it's so much fun to, like, see ourselves grow. And also, like, when we go work with others, to be like, oh, I miss my sisters, I miss my brothers and stuff. Um, but no, it's something we've always... I don't know, we're very blessed and lucky, I guess. Like, timing for us all to be in the same class together. And also for us to all represent different parts of the industry. Like, Sam's worked as an agent for four years. Gareth has done costume, video games, design. He's generally a multidisciplinary artist. So when you've got Ibrahim, who's, you know, known for styling, but he also makes props, he also makes garments, he's also created narratives, music. I mean, like myself, I've done publishing, photography, writing, model agency. Like, we all, we all, I don't know, we all, you know, wave our little flags in the corner of the fashion industry that we like to inhabit but we just like I know we're always honest with each other so it's something we always do and we'll continue to work together for sure moving on 
Campbell talks about the global impacts of Central St. Martins. It's weird because I remember graduating and actually not even graduating. I remember the year of uh, our year out, we have to work in industry. I remember our tutor, Judith Watt, had Nick Knight come in for a like discussion, like a seminar. And he was talking about his book, Skinheads, that he did when he was a lot younger. I'll get to the point, I promise. <laughs> I was talking about his book, um, Skinheads, that he did. And I remember talking to Judith saying, I'm unsure of what I want to do in my year out. I'm unsure if I'm employable or if I'm a good assistant. So she advised me, go do a project on your own just so you can feel out where you want to go. So I went to Seoul, Korea, like the most random place. And I didn't think people knew about St. Martin's. I didn't think it would be a thing anymore. I think, I honestly, when I was there, I thought the old days of St. Martin's is gone. And honestly, like, I'll be in a store, randomly looking at clothes, and just talking, oh, is this your designs? And oh, yeah. They'll be like, oh, where'd you study? They'll say, so-and-so. Like, oh, where you study? Oh, I'm currently at St. Martin's. Oh, my God, I know someone's at St. Martin's. And then I'd say, oh, I was on the fashion communication promotion course. Oh, I was on that course. I'm like, what? I'm in Seoul. And then I've gone to America. It's happened. Every single place, even people I've worked with, I will be on, we'll be like working through ideas. Like, I was shooting with Claire Richardson. And I was just like, oh, yeah. She's like, oh, you went to St. Martin's? I'm like, yeah. She goes, what course? I'm like, FCP. She goes, oh, I was on that course. And she's, like, years older than me and, like, been in the industry. So it's something that I feel like the alumni pool of St. Martin's is so broad that I've gone to, like, Asia and I've gone to, like, Ghana and I've gone to America and even been working with people for years and I didn't even clock. But you can kind of, like, tell in a weird way. There's always, like, the way we, in which we approach... Work, I feel like it can be not mimicked, but it's kind of like we've all, you know, grown up under the same tutoring, if that makes sense. But um, but it's always a shock. It's always like, oh, wow, like, that's an amazing university. Or it's, or it's, or they kind of put it on a pedestal, which is weird. Because to me, it's just, it was just uni. But to them, like, oh, I really wanted to go there. And I couldn't go because of so-and-so-and-so. So, but it's always positive. It's always a positive response when people realised um, what university we would go to. Having grown up in Athens, Mary Katranzu talks about the changing landscape of the fashion industry in Greece. Her designs are deeply influenced by her upbringing in a Mediterranean community. I think, as you said, you know, growing up in Greece, especially at that time, because now it's, the landscape has started to change uh, for the better. Um, the fashion industry wasn't really a strong industry. It wasn't considered, you know, uh, an industry that you can really think about when you're thinking about your own professional life. Um, and partly, you know, my decision to go to RISD and start and study architecture was that it wasn't pragmatic for me to think I would study fashion if I ever wanted to return to Greece. Um, and in reality, that's exactly what happened. I did study fashion at the end, uh, but I never thought about returning to Greece because it would be that much harder without having, you know, um, the education I had in London, without having uh, after that, you know, the network uh, of support that we had around us from Newgen to the BFC to the London showrooms initially helping us um, travel um, around the world from Paris to New York to meet press to to meet stores. So um, 
I think, you know, in Greece, fashion, um, uh, up until this day, actually, again, is a difficult, um, uh, let's say, direction to tell your parents you want to follow. Um, and, and the biggest issue that I had with my parents when I uh, transferred to London was that Central St. Martins wasn't part of University of the Arts at that point. It was a college. And the biggest problem my parents had was that they wanted me to have a university degree. So I was extremely lucky that the year we graduated, um, University uh, of the Arts was established. And so I did get that degree. And that really, I think, um, helped when you thought about fashion, you know, from the generation of our parents to at least know that, yes, my child is creative and um she wants to study design, but equally she's getting a university degree. So I think there are steps that are happening um, that happened um, through my education and that are now still happening in Greece that are changing the way people view fashion. Um, I recently did a show at the Temple of Poseidon um, and initially, you know, we had a lot of pushback, but it was embraced uh, from the Ministry of Culture. And, you know, that in itself is, um, I think, uh, a move forward um, in, in the way Greeks embrace fashion. Uh, but in terms of my upbringing, you know, I, I really consider myself uh, and the way my mind uh, is structured um, that it, it's kind of 50% influence from my upbringing and 50% influence from my education. And I think my being Greek is what has defined um, my sense of balance, my sense of symmetry, uh, the importance of the word idea. You know, I don't think it's coincidence that, you know, philosophy in Greece has such a strong place, you know, even if we're not talking about modern philosophy, the thought process. And I'm definitely a thinker when it comes to my collections. I, they've always been thematic. It's always been about having a strong narrative. Um, of course, it's also about executing it um, for it to uh, be, you know, uh, you know, respectful of the artisanship and the craftsmanship, but one of the most important um, parts of a collect collection is the research that happens. And I think I probably uh, owe that to my Greek roots, you know, the research, the thought process, the importance of the uh, word idea, the narrative, um, and probably my sense of color has a lot to do with, you know, uh, an upbringing in the Mediterranean where it's always sunny and it's always colorful. Um, and I think, you know, being in London and being sometimes deprived of that makes you want to um, create collections that bring that out. So I think, you know, from a psychological perspective, I think it kind of heightens um, that upbringing and that kind of uh, love and affinity to color. Like Mary Katranzu, the fashion designer and performance artist Dimitra Petza is inspired by her childhood spent in Athens. With the outbreak of COVID-19, Dimitra returned to her hometown. She describes how this relocation impacted her design process. For example, like we have kept a few people from the team in London. And I came back to Athens and we set up a small studio here. So it's kind of interesting, actually, because you always think that you have to be only in one place. But actually, you know, especially nowadays, you know, everybody loves Zoom now. So it's just, you know, there is so much possibility. But I think the way that Athens really inspired me and affected my practice is that 
everybody takes it a bit more slow here and it's more i don't know how to explain because things are slower here they fast they happen faster and easier i don't know how to explain it's a very particular thing i think you kind of have to come to greece to experience that but i think that and then also where i live you know I'm, i live literally right next to a little farm so i'm very i feel very connected to nature and you know when we're doing the full moon um rituals i could always see the full moon from my veranda and then i could go and do the ritual so yeah i feel like i've been feeling very connected with nature and with my work a bit on a deeper level because sometimes in london you can get a bit too distracted i think i think with london more and more i'm finding that i really I really like England, you know, but I just don't want to live right in the center of it. And I think a lot of creatives, you know, they live west or east, but I just like to be very outside. So, you know, even Kingston, like, I think if I can be somewhere far away, I could see myself being primarily in London. But I think I would always sort of go back and forth because, you know, my inspiration and my culture is also here so i think that's also a very big part in the creative process Dimitra has established an ongoing collaboration with the Lyceum Club of Greek Women who use ancient Byzantine dyeing and embroidery techniques she reflects on the importance of protecting traditional craftsmanship in my brand we're all about craftsmanship and especially as i said before i'm very inspired by traditional female craftsmanships um because i think they're often very overlooked in the in general culture so yeah i think that was just one way for us to be able to sustain and embroider in a tradition because i believe that traditions keep on existing and keep living when you are able to keep working on them but in the modern world so you're not just replicating an old embroidery in the old technique it's like you use the old technique but you create new designs that are still stem from the same philosophy of the previous designs um so we're interested in the preserving art history in that way because i think that is a more endangered um yeah an endangered section of art because not a lot of people give its due importance i think um and also you know talking about sustainability and sustainability in my brand i think that is sustainability as well to preserve traditional craftsmanship and to be able to work with uh with people like this but you know it's also history it's uh, just really people's stories it's their most intimate you know desires and what they wanted you know when you see all the embroideries especially bridal embroideries and they're so deep and intricate and they have so much symbolism and it's just yeah it's just um yeah really hard to see that and then know that these women that I'm working with now they're the only women who know how to do these embroideries like in the future i really want to create a program where through our brand or maybe even an external workshop we can get younger people 
to be able to learn these techniques and take it in their own practice. Beyond Central St. Martins, Esme Young believes that fashion designers and institutions have always been inspired by one another. I personally think designers, fashion designers, have been influenced by everything in the world. And, you know, in the East, traditionally things were rectangles and squares. Then a fascinating thing is in Paris, in the 20s, they had an exhibition of kimonos. And Viennet was influenced by that. Then she had an exhibition in Tokyo in the 70s. And then the Japanese designers were influenced by that. So I think the influence has always been from all over the world for any country. And in this episode about our global community, Olubi Thomas considers what's next for Nigeria's fashion industry. I feel like I mean I don't know loads I don't I don't know loads about economics but from what I do know in terms of sort of geopolitics and the world there's I mean I th- it's right now I feel like what's happening is a sort of there's 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 a, like a lack of resources here so again like everyone's going back to the east it's like they're talking about opening up the the Silk Road route um, that you know like people are doing loads of trade deals with Africa like I, like. The resources are running out here, so everyone's going back to the source. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's always these. It's always been the source. That's why people were there in the first place, for weren't trading spices or gold or whatever it was. It's like, you know, minerals. Um, the land is rich, and things are going back then. With that comes economics now. Things that comes identity, um, social media. Like, you know, things are changing in 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 the east. I guess mm-hmm. and it's becoming more empowered within itself. And I think that's changing things. And with that, I guess fashion is like the forefront of like, you know, one of the largest economies on the planet. So it's like, it makes sense that like, there's a sort of focus in that direction. Also with that, there's also like a rawness and a sort of, I don't know, a sort of DIY spirit that like, you know, that again, yeah, that comes from restriction and, you know, not having all the resources on the planet mm-hmm. to be able to, like, accomplish or do these things in other countries mm-hmm. is, you know, a perfect sort of, like, playground for, like, creativity to be, like, spawned from, you know, and I think that's why it's interesting because, again, as I was saying um, with uh, my friend uh, KK Obi, who's got um, the, his, his own magazine, Boy Brother Friend, he focuses a lot on the diaspora and designers and what's happening out there and it's really interesting to see all the designs and the aesthetics that are being created because it's like completely different from here so what do you think is the next step for nigerian fashion what is the next step world domination now i'm kidding on um, <laughs> <laughs> it's happening nice. already <laughs> um i think what i'm just throwing this out there i think what would be really interesting would be to sort of come together and acknowledge everyone's ability and everyone's sort of journey in some sort of celebration of some sort because I feel like it'd be really interesting to put everybody in the same space just just to see what happens. This is just to see, the, you know, 
that sort of strange concoction is like, oh, hey, we've been here for a while, but haven't seen you, kind of know who you are, mm. don't really know your work, know your work a little bit, haven't actually spoke to you, but I've read about you. Do you know what I mean? It'd be interesting to actually just be all in the same room mm-hmm. and have our work all in the same room sort of as a sort of visual journey or a visual, I don't know, like, yeah, sort of communication of, 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 of what's happening. You've been listening to Fashion at Central St. Martins, a co-production between Central St. Martins and In Talks with Productions. The narrators were Rosie Davenport, Owen Flynn and Vanessa O'Haha. The editors were Isabel Atkinson, Rosie Davenport, Rose Dodd, Owen Flynn, Bethany Ryder and Grace Sowerby. The theme tune is by Sam Anga. To find out more about Fashion at Central St. Martins, check out our website and social accounts. Thanks for listening.